Well, good evening, everybody. It's Chris from the Whistle Stop Cafe in Muir, Alberta. It is 8.47. We have an a interview starting in 13 minutes, so I don't have very much time for this. But I wanted to do a quick response to a letter to the editor that I read in the Claire's Home Local Press uh, regarding an article on October 25th about the Oktoberfest uh, event that we had in Stavely. Uh, I'm just going to pop it up on the screen here so you can see it. And I'm going to read it and quickly discuss this. And like I say, we've only got 12 minutes now, so I want to be quick. But it won't take very long to deal with this anyway. So, L. Patrick Lannan from Claire's Home, Alberta. Uh, took the time out of his day to write a letter to the editor in response to the articles that you can find online in the Claire's Home uh, local press. And it says he's taking issue with speakers at Alberta Prosperity Project event. Here we go. Is misinformation the problem or is it just the lies? I've read two articles in the Claire's Home Local Press, October 25th, 2023 edition, about the speakers at the Alberta Prosperity Party's Oktoberfest event held at Stavely. I take umbrage with some of the information dispensed by the two speakers, Dr. Dennis Mojer and Chris Scott. It's very cool for me to be mentioned in the same sentence as Dr. Dennis Mojer. Amazing. First, Dr. Mojer says an Alberta police service would report to Albertans. That is false. The police service would report to Attorney General of Alberta, the department responsible for prosecutions in Alberta, no different than the president and the RCMP. Partly true, partly false, Mr. Lannan. Uh, yes, the Alberta Police Force may report to the Attorney General of Alberta, but that's the point of Alberta. As most of you know, as almost all of you know, uh, Alberta and the West in general has no or very little or no voice when it comes to federal politics. So any organizations that any organization that currently reports to uh, a federal oversight committee or federal anything, we have no say in it. If we don't like what the RCMP is doing or what the federal government has directed them to do, our voice isn't loud enough to make a difference. So, yes, Alberta Police Force would report to their Attorney General of Alberta. However, the people of Alberta would be able to deal with the issues. Let's continue. Dr. Modry then goes on to refer to a recent study that purportedly shows that Albertans would pay 50% less for a provincial pension plan. The whole issue is surrounded by murky waters. Note that he did not provide a name or site where this information could be reviewed. It does not appear to be credible. It is absolutely 100% credible. Uh, let me see if I can present that as well. Uh, you can find the information on the Alberta government website. Um, right here, actually. Let me see if I can find it right there. Understanding an Alberta pension plan. Uh, this was part of the Fair Deal panel's recommendation. And they contracted a company called LifeWorks to analyze the prospectus of an Alberta pension plan. Uh, the, the waters are not murky on this. The information's all there. You can check it out for yourself. The only thing that's murky right now is how the federal government is going to negotiate and calculate uh, uh, the payment due to Alberta. So there's that. Let's continue. Dr. Modry does collect, correctly state the procedure to change the Constitution. He then speculates that the Supreme Court would be involved and they would favor the interests of Central Canada. The statement is an insult to the court and the justices sitting on that court. No, the insult is to the people of Alberta and the West in general, considering that the Supreme Court does routinely side with the East, especially on matters of constitutionality or anything that affects our sovereignty or provincial jurisdiction. For example, pipelines, energy resource development, and now health and climate. Um, the Supreme Court routinely does this, and the only insult is that the people of Alberta don't stand up and say enough is enough, and we want better. 
The balance of Dr. Modry's talk espoused many ways in which the province of Alberta could gain leverage against the federal government. Nothing new here, but why does Alberta require leverage? He stated that every green energy project is losing money. If you believe that to be true, the natural extrapolation would be that all of the solar farms and wind generations projects in our regions are just operating for the sheer pleasure of it. Thinking not, you're right. They are not operating for the sheer pleasure of it. They are operating because they are heavily subsidized and pumped and invested in by investment firms who believe in uh, ESG and have that as their core investment scheme. So money is funneling into green energy schemes like nobody's business, not because it's good business, but because being a fake virtue signaling fool and pursuing fairy tale ideologies these days gets you financing and government subsidies. So now I turn my attention to the misinformation spewed by restaurant owner Chris Scott. He was charged with violating the Alberta Health Act. No, the Public Health Act of Alberta. This has nothing to do with the federal government. The assertion is wrong. I never asserted that uh, 100%. I know that that has nothing to do with the federal government. In fact, the provincial charges were dropped after uh, King's Bench Justice ruled that the charge was ultra-various beyond power. It was beyond the UCP's purview to make the law. It was a decision that a decision to be made by Chief Health Chief Medical Officer Health, actually, Dina Hinshaw. Sadly, at that time, she was much maligned, becoming the government's scapegoat. Blaming Dr. Hinshaw for the mandates, masking, and vaccinations is misguided. It was Premier Kenny's dictate. Yes, it was Premier Kenny's dictate. Dana Hinshaw supplied them a buffet of different, a smorgasbord of different options they could uh, impose on Albertans illegally and allowed it to happen, never, speak to, never spoke out once about it. Scott then turns his attack on the federal government's net zero emissions. The 2030 Emissions Reduction Plan outlines a sector-by-sector -sector path for Canada to reach its emissions reduction target of 40% below 2005 levels. By 2030, and net zero emissions by 2050, it is a goal, not an edict. Well, if it's not an edict, the federal government is sure doing a good job of imposing regulations and um, uh, uh, strangulations on the Western provinces that prevent them using energy and drive up our, uh, our grocery bills, fuel bills, energy bills, everything, even our home heating bills, because we don't elect enough liberals. The liberal government recently said that if only we elected more liberals, we would have a stronger voice in Parliament, and maybe we would also get discounts on our carbon tax for home heating, as the Atlantic provinces are getting. Uh, also, he mentions net zero emissions. The federal government is not after net zero emissions, because Alberta can actually show that we are reducing emissions and meeting the goals. What they want to do, and the, uh, uh, the Minister of the Environment and Climate Change has actually stated that our oil and gas industry will be shut down, uh, failing to mention anything about emissions. This is alarmist rhetoric. No, I'm alarmed that the federal government is attacking Alberta's energy and industry as much as they are, and the people of Alberta aren't up in arms about it. It appears that both speakers at the APB event were not truthful, but were attempting to mislead those in attendance by half-truths and blaming the federal government for all that aims them. This cheap behavior, when a tactic like this is used to benefit themselves or to harm someone else. It also should be an insult to the knowledge and the intelligence of their audience. The only insult here, except for the one I mentioned previously, is that this uh, person, Mr. Lannan, didn't pay attention enough, and now he actually has the nerve to call me a liar. It's not my fault he's not paying attention, uh, but I would be happy to go over this personally over a cup of coffee with him, perhaps at the Whistle Stop Cafe in Mira, Alberta, because we do have the best coffee. I write this with no malice, but if one sees an issue and fails to speak to that issue, he, she is complicit in that issue. I'm sorry, but this is all malice because it's this whole letter to the editor is based on falsities and 
and assumptions that the the writer made. I, I I feel like it is malicious. As Chris Scott stated, Albertans have to be willing to show some courage, as this writer did, to stand up against what they believe is wrong with Canada. Yes, that's true. As an Albertan, I believe there's no place in Canada for overt misleading information, half-truths, alarmist rhetoric, and downright lies. I also agree with that, 100%, which is why I speak out against the net zero scheme, which is why I speak out against Alberta Health Services being allowed to do the things they do to businesses, which is why I speak out against the misinformation that the bureaucracy within AHS is spewing to Albertans, telling them that something is safe and effective when it most obviously is not. I spoke out against the alarmist rhetoric that we saw in the newspaper every day as they falsely reported uh, people dying of COVID-19 or hospitals overflowing or people dropping dead in the streets. I spoke out against that alarmist rhetoric. And L. Patrick Lannan, I would like to know if you spoke out against any of that alarmist rhetoric as well. Downright lies. Sorry. None of what I said is lies, um, but I'm welcome to have a conversation about it. But not now, because i got an interview to do. Thank you, folks. Uh, I hope that was quick enough that you can wrap your heads around this and uh, use what I said here to uh, put some perspective on this letter to the editor. See you in a few, see you in a few minutes. Where's the button?